Three Songs Podcast. Oh, yeah. March 5th, 2021. Episode. I got you. Episode 154. 154, Friday night. 154. And, and um, that's kind of a tease to something you're going to be playing a little later in the show. And in fact, Bob, another tease to your songs. All of your songs have a number theme. Good. Did you realize this? Was this intentional? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's right. coincidental, my man. I like I like it's it though. I like it. Yeah. Um well I will start it off and I'm gonna start it with a band from Nigeria. Uh, they're called Kabingi. We haven't been to Africa in a while. We haven't been to Africa in a while. Um, Get back. Kabingi is the name of the band. Kabingi? 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 Kabingi. We'll spell it. Spell it. Spell it for the listeners. Uh, K-I-P-I-N-G-B-D-I. Um, led by... Co- Hold on now. I, I thought they were K-A-P-I-N-G-D-I. K A P I N G B D I. Oh man, man, I can't. All right, yeah, Ka- I got you. And I, I think they're pronounced Kapingi, but um, yeah, my my Nigerian is not very good. So um, they're led by one Kojo Koho Kojo uh, Sam Wells. Yeah, just wing it, you know, like, you know, um, nobody's going to correct you. Like I'm, this, you I'm winging it. I'm totally winging it. Yeah. So they're, they're, yeah. they're led by Kojo. Um, they put out a, Good old Kojo. a few albums in the late 70s, early 80s, and then they toured, and they toured and played in the U.S. They played in Detroit, actually, and that's when this album that I'm going to play, is the title track from, in fact, it's called Take a Look Outside, um, they recorded this record in Detroit in 1984, uh, and then the, the band kind of completely fell apart. The album never got released uh, until 35 years later. It came out in 2019 on a German label, of all things. So I'm going to read you a little yes. bit about it um, as kind of an intro, and then I'll play a song. So this is from the label. The label is called Sonorama Records. and. Yeah. Uh, this is from their press release. It says, in late 1984, Kabingi traveled from their home co- country of Liberia, so not Nigeria, Liberia, uh, to embark on a U.S. It's a tour. big difference there, mate. You're right. It is. I'm sorry. I should have done my yeah. homework better. Um, you get your Africa right. You can mispronounce the, you know, come on. That's true. You're right. Um, Mike. Their Hey Brother LP, which had recently been released in the... In, America gained the attention of promoters and music lovers alike. Within 16 days, the band performed seven concerts in small clubs, such as the Maple Leaf Lounge in New Orleans and the Motor Bar in Detroit. In January 1985, the musicians assembled in the Detroit Masterpiece Studio to record nine new songs for their fourth LP. There was a four-week break before Kabingi were scheduled to tour Japan. Kojo Samuels, the band leader, flew back to Liberia whilst the remaining members spent their spare time in the USA. While Kojo returned, when Kojo returned from his travels, there were a few surprises in store. Firstly, four of the five, oh, no. four of the five Africans applied for green cards and were successful. This gained them the Good. right to live permanently in, in America. Secondly, the fifth was involuntarily detained 
having been arrested on drag, drug ta- trafficking charges. Thirdly, uh. three of the four had married the next best Americans in no time at all. Uh Next best. Next best. (laughs) Yeah, this is this is from (laughs) translated from German, so uh, I don't know what that means, but uh, I kind of like it. (laughs) Um, The last was initially untraceable, but later appeared as an employee of a chicken wing stall. After nine years and three LPs, the band (laughs) came to a sudden end. Subsequently, their tour of Japan and other concerts in Europe were canceled, as well as finalizing the work on Kabingi's fourth album. Kojo rescued the 24-track tape from Detroit and took it, to, took it to Germany, where it laid in his basement for decades. The breach of oh, trust. There you go. Yeah. Kojo went and got married in Germany. Yeah, yeah. He took off to Germany. The breach of Good trust news. by his fellow musicians was too painful, which is why he tried to forget the recordings. Almost 35 years later, the missing fourth Kabingi album was is finally released, transferred directly from the master tape at Tone Mystery in Oldenburg, Germany, then mixed and mastered at Audio Moto Studio in Berlin. To this day, it features the last recordings of the band. The cover photo, which was shot in Detroit, was to form part of the design of the original release of the fourth album. Take a look outside, as Kabingi says today, has become Kabingi's best album. So there you Fantastic. go. That's the story behind this There will this not record. be a quiz on that story. No, no quiz. The podcast. But yeah. uh, with that in mind, I give you Kabingi, the title track. Enjoy. Excellent. Thank you.
hot That's yeah it was great so there um there's some important lessons to learn from the community experience kapingdi <laughs> kapingdi experience yeah that is like when you're kicking butt on tour and you're having a great time and you're traveling all around recording in detroit and playing all around you don't fly halfway across the world and go home you right. never know what might happen to your bandmates right, right. That's the obvious but <laughs> right Stick with the band. Stick with the band. Like, wait, yeah. Wait and wait till the adventure's over, and then when it's time for everybody to like, you know, because like, Kojo, obviously he was a front man. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, he might have gotten his green card here, and whatever. But whatever. I mean, it all worked. I guess it all worked out in the end. I imagine these gentlemen are still alive. Hopefully, I mean, there's I, no way to tell, I think, right? I think Kojo is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, but he felt betrayed. The coach felt betrayed. He did. He ended up in Germany. Yep. And we don't even know if he ever, as far as you know, we don't know if he continued his career. Uh, yeah, I don't really know much about that. Um, yeah, Kojo. We need to do more research into Kojo. Kojo. Um, K O J O. K O J O. Sam Wells. Um, he was also in a band. Uh, a more recent band called uh, Kojato and the Afro Latin Cougaritas put out a couple. Oh, cool. I wonder, is that German based? Um, they put out an album in 2011, CD only, of course, um, because back then well, yeah. that's that's what they did. 
and it was it's on Buyu Records. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, it looks like it's hard to tell where it was released. Uh, I guess it was released in Germany. So um, yeah, he must be based in completely based in Germany. Yeah, the the um, some of the players on it definitely have German names. Christian Wingenhoff. Yeah, but well, the interesting thing about that particular song, Take a Look Outside, was it had kind of a, a vibe to me that was very reminiscent of The Old Man on the Bridge by King Kong. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The Louisville band. Like, yeah, like, sure. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously they'd be great on a double bill together, which is <laughs> kind of interesting. In fact, the background vocalist might have even like sounded to me like Ethan Buckler, the lead man from King Kong, like mm-hmm. turning over the mic to Kojo. So like, Maybe Drag City can hook up Kojo and Ethan. That would be awesome. Yeah, because, like, you know, Drag City could always use, like, you know, a funk act. For sure. kicks ass. For sure. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously, they're taking notes, and, like, you know, they're on it. So, um, anyways, thank you very much. You're welcome. It was a pleasure pleasure to hear that on a Friday night. I'm glad you enjoyed that. It's a really good Yeah, I'll take us to Frank. The whole album's great. Oh, well, yeah. It's probably like that, doesn't it? Yeah, but there's there's some kind of mellower songs. There's, yeah, I mean, well, you gotta you gotta chill the room out a little bit. That's true. That's true. You can't you can't keep that energy up the whole record. But well, sense of dynamics. Um, Also, where to take us to France? Um, Fabienne Del Sol. Familiar with her? I'm not. No. A little bit. Yeah, she's from Limoges in, in France. That's, you know, like West Central France. Never been there myself. Famous for its porcelain. Mm. Um, and she obviously was pretty bored there. So she was attracted to London in, in, in its music scene in the mid-90s, where she was the front woman of a band called the Bristols, like the city, mm. um, the Bristols for several years. Then she went solo. In uh, 2004, and ended up on the Damaged Goods label, which I think is most famous for Billy Child putting out Billy Childish, the head coach stuff. Right. And she would often op- open for that kick-ass rock and roll act around the UK and Europe. Mm-hmm. And um, she's put out four records now, and uh, the first one in 2000. She does a lot of spacing of her records, but like. I think this complements your intro song well. Um, this is off her album four. This is uh, Fabian Del Sol, and the song is called Door Knob.
really cool yeah it's kind of banging like kind of pop psychedelic music you know yeah which could have been from 1967 it's from 2019 they can still totally recreate the vibe it's total like macabre organ uh with this kind of lighter vocal and then the fuzz guitar that came in i I was just digging the whole thing love that yeah it's it's a good groove and then like you know it and that is a banger for her yeah. Um, is but, you know it's Friday night. Is um what's the rest of her stuff like? Is it similar to that kind of mood? Like I got this kind of dark, almost macabre feel to it. Like, um, you know, like a a definite not I wouldn't say goth, but like that organ especially felt like just this kind of dark mood to it. Um. I think that would be like kind of like more that song. I think a lot of it is more like sort of sultry, okay, um, and and a little bit more chill. That's that's pretty heavy. But there, you know, she goes, she's all over the map. But there is definitely like an adoration of, you know, pop psychedelic music from the past. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, um, and it is like you know, it, it's heavy, but it's not heavy like in terms of heavy metal heavy. You sure. Know, like, so there's darkness, you know, but right. No, right. she's cool. Right, and the wrestles yeah. are cool too. The band before that, but I'm happy she went out on her own because, you know, instead of being like just the lead singer of a very good band, the Bristols, like it's obviously she kind of like sort of dictates the feel of her solo music more. And it's interesting how her career's gone because 
you know, in 16 years, you make four records. Um, she, I think she, um, she had a, her biggest hit is a song called like, I will haunt you. That was a big soundtrack on some big soundtrack. Mm. I don't know off the top of my head. So hopefully she made a chunk of change off of that. But, um, Fabian, Fabian del Sol. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that, that had a little bit of a darker feel, but I think the vocals, like her, her vocals made it feel lighter to me at least. Um, yeah, pretty voice. Yeah, very pretty voice. It wasn't like this heavy, moody, dark, gothy vocal tone that you you know. I I think with with some of that uh, organ and the fuzz guitar and that just kind of '60s feel to it, like it could have been in danger of almost being like stereotypically moody goth but it just it, it didn't come off yeah like kitschy that. like yeah, yeah no, i think yeah no so i think her you know she stamps her music with her voice yeah no it was great i love that yeah thank you for cool. sharing thank you um well i'm gonna play something even more current i'm gonna play something that just came out uh about three weeks ago maybe uh current, well, here you go. current this is the uh debut lp from a woman, uh, I think she's 21, in Newcastle, Australia, New South Wales. Played there. Yeah. Um, I met met Warren Ellis from Dirty Three there. Nice. Yeah, Yeah. Dirty Three. Classic. And the rest of them, you know, Um, making Jim as well. But, yeah. So... I met met, uh, Warren in the airport. His violin had broken. Then he um, quickly explained to us that it broke out just about every time you put it on a plane (laughs) (laughs) that was like you know when you meet when you meet like the band you're gonna play a handful of shows with in the um baggage part of the airport of a small airport (laughs) yeah (laughs) tremendous character but yeah no i think we played the university i think that's what most people do Um, although i'm sure there's venues but uh yeah fond memories of my one night in newcastle they have a race course there yeah Right. Yeah. Um, not a not a big one. They're well, racing. They're big racing going on tonight at um, Royal Randwick in, in Sydney. Ah. But you know, we'll continue with the podcast. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, so uh, this is this is a, a woman named. She's twenty one. She's named Tilly Murphy, I believe, and she goes by the name Fritz. And it's all caps: F R I T Z. Fritz. So, so I remember when you played the numbers recently? Yes. Okay. There's like 31 bands called the numbers. There's like 14 things called the Fritz over the last 50 years. So Fritz or the Fritz. Okay. Well, she's Fritz. Uh, and in fact, here, I'll... I'll, I'll What's she, way, her name's Tilly Murphy? Tilly Murphy. She is fritzmusic.bandcamp.com. Um, she just released... Yeah, her her solo LP called Pastel came out on February twelfth, um, and this this album I absolutely love, beginning to end. It's just a uh, really really refreshing uh, record of kind of indie pop catchiness that just how did you how do you how did you hear about this because it's um, new you know it's brand new i saw somebody post something about it on one of the blogs that i read and it just oh, cool it sounded interesting and i checked it out and i totally loved it and um 
yeah, wanted to share it with you. Um, so this is a song called Jan One, and the whole album, I mean, you should check out the whole record because it's all very good. Uh, this is the last track on the album, so, uh, you know, you've, you've got like 30, 40 minutes of kind of the same sort of intensity, and it ends with this. So Excellent. Hope, hope you'll like it. Um, Fritz from Pastel, Jan One.
name of that song is Jan One by Fritz. Yeah, good on Tilly. Yeah. Just, you know. Kind of is like, I think it falls actually under the um, genre of, um, that was championed first by Lush, maybe. You know. Yeah. Mickey and Emma from Lush. Sure. Jersey Lush. Uh, I never saw Lush, but I'm f- definitely familiar with them. Yeah, I did. Uh, um, they were great. Uh, it's like dream pop. You yeah. Know, like, which I think is actually pretty accurate. Yep. Genre title. Yep. As opposed to shoegaze. Right. Right. And, and I mean, because that Cause is... like shoe, you'd see bands that the shoegaze thing just like carried on for a long time. And like, you know, a lot of those artists weren't... Sh- gazing at their shoes and i like i tend to think of shoegaze as slower i mean that's pretty anthemic like that that has that has a definite beat to it you know like that's the sort of thing that dreamy spacey you know feel yeah that could be the recording aesthetic you know like super catchy i mean the whole album is just like from beginning to end just filled with great catchy songs and i dig it i really like it yeah it's cool yeah, she's uh, more power to her. Yeah, she's she's a powerhouse, and you know, I mean, maybe one of these days she'll actually be able to tour and support that record. But for now, I imagine soon over there. Maybe I I don't know. Uh, I yeah. guess yeah. Well, let's, pretty... let's let's hope. Yeah, I mean, leading a touring Australia is a great thing. So at least you can tour home country and pop over to New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah, I think New Zealand's pretty much kind of resumed like. Post-COVID life. Yeah, that's great. Although I did hear about in the, I guess, what would be well, definitely one of your five, if not top three favorite rock and roll countries of New Zealand, there was a pretty big earthquake off the shore that may have resulted in a tsunami. Right, I heard about that. You hear about that? I did. Yeah, I, I haven't read anything since, which, you know, as in a lot of... Um, things like no news is good news so right right yeah i heard apparently the northern the northern island northern island of new zealand has not been wiped out by a tsunami or else we would have heard of that disaster i heard yeah i heard there was an earthquake and that no one no one died there were no 7.3 yeah there were no casualties was in the ocean was in the ocean it was in the right you know it's up at sea yeah So, so yeah and i think you're right no news is good news so uh, yeah. Shout out to all of our listeners down in New Zealand. I know we have a few. Uh, and Australia. And Australia as well. Yeah. In fact, you know, international stamp. If anybody wants to, I realize that our three three songs pod stickers are really they go well on the back of a cell phone. Like a lot of people have these cell phones that are black, right, or dark blue, and like so I always like to put a sticker on my mine to make it easier to find. A three songs podcast sticker would be nice on there. So go ahead and um, uh, send me an email and I'll mail you one. Beautiful. And Michael. Yeah. I, I, com. I, I sent a... one to uh, J.H. Sartori today. Oh, nice. I I have a, yeah. uh, I have a red cell phone. So um, I haven't thought about putting, uh, maybe I should yeah. put one on the back of mine. Actually, what I, ha- I have a cell phone case that, really is falling apart and I need to be replaced. So maybe what I'll do is I'll get a new case and then I'll put the sticker on. Yeah, do that tomorrow. Yeah, right. I will. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyways, I'll take us to Kansas City 
Um, Anna St. Louis, like Anna St. Period Louis, like the city. Right. Um, she's from KC. She played in a bunch of bands around there for a while. Then she relocated to Los Angeles. And um, some uh, she put out herself in 2015 um, something called Demos. And um, our dear friend uh, Jeremy Earl, the vocalist and guitar player for Woods, stumbled upon it somehow and, and she ended up on his combined label Woodsist slash mare, mm. which is W O O D S I S T slash mare, like a brood mare, B M A R E records. And the um the first record she came she doesn't um overcomplicate things with her album naming Anna St. Louis. Yeah. And um and she's famous Oh, I, be- I became aware of her because she provided background vocals for at least all my happiness is gone oh. off the purple mountains record. Um, and so I, I've delved into her music and it's fantastic. And it's going to be a little bit of a change, a pivot, as you say on the show, this is going to be quite a bit mellower. Um, this is off of her first record on Woods' Woods' slash mare. And it's uh, the album's called first songs. And the song is called 288, 288. Yeah, so you're continuing with your numbers theme. Yeah, well, yeah, you, you pointed out. You yeah. played you played a song from an album called Four. Off the album Four. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you might, yeah, 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 I'm putting it together. Okay, yeah, yeah nice. you, you, you got it. All right, 288, Anna St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before I 
pretty um you know you mentioned uh jeremy earl from woods today he released an album called painted shrines the name of the band is painted shrines it's jeremy earl and glenn donaldson who's an old friend of mine who used to be in sky green leopards and ursa minor and mirza um but they put out an album today called heaven and holy uh, under the band name Painted Shrines. So. Oh, cool. That's how I imagine that he self-released it on his own label. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't know yeah. if there's physical copies yet or if um, it might just be... Definitely to be able to find that on Bandcamp, right? Yeah, it's 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 absolutely a Bandcamp thing. I think it's paintedshrines.bandcamp.com. Um, you could fresh. at least at least listen like the to the digital are fresh on yeah. the show tonight. Very yeah. fresh. Yeah, but um, but yeah, yeah I, I I dug that. I'd I'd heard her stuff, um, a little while ago. That came out a few years ago, right? I think I, I heard it heard a couple. Yeah, songs. that came out from 2017. She's got something from 2019 for sure. Nice. Yeah, I I like that. It's yeah. um, it's kind of like a new folk feel to it yeah i mean i think it's kind of like you know a lot of people really justifiably adore hope sandoval and mazzy star sure so i think it would appeal to fans of that um which is always a good thing yeah no i like that it's um yeah. it's interesting that she came from bands in kc called so she was like punking it out and bands called—I'd assume they were pretty punk. They were called Crapcore <laughs> and Harry Belafonte, H A I R Y Belafonte, and Bloodbirds. And then, um, so, so I mean, so whatever. She got her yayas out, and she became the wonderful Anna St. Louis. Although she's I'm sure she always has been. So. Plus, I, I, I dig her music. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, I'll definitely have to check all of her stuff out. Um, yeah, for sure. So she's... There's not much there, you know. There's not much A couple there, albums, you like said? That. Yeah, there's... Okay. Yeah, there's... That's first songs, and I can't, I can't remember the name of the one that came out in 2019, but okay. it's also good. Cool. Well, thank you. Thanks for the the reminder because she's somebody I had uh, I'd heard of before but hadn't really listened to lately. So uh, you're welcome. Um, do you know? Like, let me ask you a question. Like, um, yeah. so that you mentioned the Painted Shrines album that came out today, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so, like, 
when you go to the grocery store, yeah. um, do you ever shop that? You eat meat, right? Uh, yeah, I eat meat. Yeah, you don't seem like the kind of guy that would buy like the meat that's like on heavy discount because like it's about to rot. <laughs> uh, usually, no. Uh, <laughs> it it kind of it depends. Wait, have Have you Have you in your life? Uh, I have in my life, yes. Yes. But so yeah, like you just like took it home and like put it in the like made chili with it or whatever. Right, like, right. Yeah, you're like let's let's. It's like don't don't roll the dice with chicken. Let's yeah. let's cook this like as much as we possibly can, uh, <laughs> as soon as possible. As soon as and possible with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was I was in the um, I think it's been one or two episodes since I mentioned the Price Chopper, which is of course <laughs> the only place that I go during the pandemic which is next to my house. And like, I've never thought um, that I would live a hundred feet from a grocery store, but here I am, you know, of course I live in, it's actually 40 outside now. So it's balmy. Um, so like they have that meat there sometimes. And it's like, so you've got like, you know, you go to the meat section of the grocery store and like, <laughs> It's kind of puts you off the rest of the meat when there's like a thing. They should have their own like section for it, but they put like a couple of containers of like the rotten meat on top. <laughs> That's yeah, you know, and it kind of like it kind of like puts you off like buying any of it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like it's like you're not gonna like move those out of the way and like look at the fresh stuff below. Right. I'm right. just saying like yeah. Right, because they're trying to move. They're trying to move the stuff that, you know, basically is going to go bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like, like that's going to be essentially inedible. And like, I did see a documentary a few years ago that was rather intriguing about people that lived by a Trader Joe's that, you know, that were unemployed or whatever. It was actually they were young and, um, they basically dumpster dived at Trader Trader mm. Joe's and then they had a chest freezer and that's basically how they did all their meat, which is, you know, an amazing way to save money. Um, but like you think like, so like in this case at Price Chopper, it's like, so you move the rot meat, you move the rot meat out of the way <laughs> and you think like what you're actually buying is just going to rot tomorrow, don't you? Like, <laughs> I get what I mean? Like, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so you gotta freeze it. You gotta. There's you a gotta cook it. to use it. You know, yeah. like um, it's so weird. What? Yeah. I, I'm I'm incredibly curious. Where are you going with this? Or how is this? Like, how did this come up? I don't know. You, know. you just it just popped. I in mean, your head. I was there. Like you, you know, I was there five hours ago, and I was looking at rotten meat. So you just you just wanted to cases. talk rotting or nearly. Well, rotting I like meat. to ask you like questions like outside <laughs> the box of like you know this podcast like you know i don't need to know about your, your meeting i know you're a healthier guy than i am um i'm sure i've dealt with more rotten meat for, for one thing you've never had a death defying you know illness from eating meat no um, not, not that i know of thankfully no you know believe yeah. me okay. i mean you're talking to a guy that lost 29 pounds in 12 days was an incredible case of salmonella in Oof. south of europe Eesh. yeah yeah no nothing uh, like that thankfully yeah anyways on, on to the next team <laughs> all right well, we'll we'll sorry about that we'll we'll jump 
we'll jump over to Glasgow, Scotland. <laughs> well, that's, you know, you can find some rotten meat there. Yeah, well, so... Um, you mean uh, Glasgow, like, where the new Arab Strap album came out today? That's right. That's right, new Arab and Strap. And last week, the, the number one record in the UK, maybe it's been displaced now, is the new Mogwai record. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so... But we're going to the UK chart. It's not the Scottish charts. There's no separation there. They're not independent yet. We're we're going to wonder what like if if Scotland and Wales are going to go go independent in the next 10 years. What do you think? Oh, I have no idea. I I couldn't even I mean, so you know more about rotten meat than you know about the independence of Scotland and Wales. Pretty much. Because yeah, I mean, like to to me the, this whole thing, you know, the Brexit stuff even you know Trump. Let's get like, into geopolitics, my God. Yeah, yeah I guess Trump and Brexit. Yeah. Neo Neo geopolitics. Um, from rotten meat, from rotten meat. It's to it's Trump and Brexit. It's a That's kind it's of a segue. Isn't? It is. It, it's definitely a segue. Yeah. Now you know why I bought up the rotten meat at Price Shop. Um. I mean, I think that like a lot of it is like some sort of bullshit reaction to stuff, and you know who knows what the zeitgeist is going to be like in a few years and uh which way the pendulum is swinging as far as the politics go but i think anything you know it's 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 all it's all possible i guess and it's sort of scary but i don't know I, I don't really have a whole lot of knowledgeable insight to say whether or not um scotland and wales is is likely to go independent so you're saying like you're better at like the politics of dancing. <laughs> yes. The politics of ooh, ooh, feeling, feeling good. good. That's right. You are, like, That's right. Yeah. So well, we should just get off that and return to the politics of dancing. Because <laughs> um, we're, you know, you know, you know, whatever. Yeah. No, I hear you. Although, although we share the same politics and worldview, essentially, like there's no need to, for anybody to hear our opinions. No, we, we do. And, you know, yeah. I would imagine most of the people that listen to, our show kind of, I would like to. Or seditionists. This is they're seditionists. <laughs> yeah. Well, well <laughs> I would like to think they share our our worldview as well. But and if um, they don't, you know, more power to them as long as they like the tune. That's okay. So, yeah. So um, yeah. back to the back to the. Um, Sorry, I offended all the. I probably offended all of our vegan listeners. Back to the food. Yeah, you, you may have. Sorry, um, man. Jeez, Louise. Back. To oh the, no, maybe I just didn't. Yeah. Back to the food reference. So, uh, Glasgow, 1990, this album came out. The band is called The Bachelor Pad. And uh, I'm going to play a song called Country Pancake. I don't, know if, I don't know if they mean it as a food reference or if it's just some sort of weird thing. I don't know. The album was The Tale, Tales of Hoffman um, on Imaginary Records in 1990. It just got reissued, actually... Not that album, but um, Bachelor Pad had a reissue, a compilation uh, on Stuart Anderson. You know Stuart from uh, Boy Racer? His label, Emotional Response, reissued uh, a compilation of the Bachelor Pad stuff. And, cool. Uh, I didn't know that. You are like playing ping pong with um, Tracy I, on this show. I mean, come on. Yeah. You like... Yeah, you're hitting, you're hitting, hitting all the dots here. I, 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 I guess, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm playing the. Oh, Tracy, Tracy from the turntable report. Right. Tracy I'm, I'm playing, Wilson. I'm playing the role of Tracy Wilson tonight. 
Um, Doing it very well. I, you know, well, we'll find out if Tracy's impressed. She'll request a three-song spot sticker if she's impressed <laughs> with your act tonight. <laughs> anyway. The, on, she would be grossed out by Rodney. Uh, probably. Uh, as most as most intelligent people would. Um, the, Are you calling that intelligent? <laughs> the, yeah. the compilation that, that Stuart Anderson wrote. the insult battle to start on this program? Um, Go ahead. Anyway, sorry, the bachelor pad. The bachelor pad. The compilation is called All Hash and Cock. All Hash and Cock. That's right. Uh, yeah. So I'll just I'll just leave that there for you. Um, but the song is Country Pancake. Uh, yeah. Some do well opening for Blood Sausage. These guys. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, enjoy. That's a good band, Blood it's, Sausage. It's a, it's a it's a fun little one. They're catchy. They're loud, they're fast. Bachelor pad. Run I'm There's the bachelor pad. Do you know? Do you know that band? I mean, I've heard the name, definitely. Okay. Um, yeah, they do well opening for the Doll Case Hermans, wouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like kind of insane, all over the top. I mean, a little bit poppier, but yeah, I mean, just like crazed. Uh, you know, I mean, one of the greatest rock and roll cities in the world, Glasgow. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 
We got to get you over there, Mike. Come on. Um, we got to get me. When you over... get your vaccine, Mike has his vaccine appointment. We we got to get me to. He's younger than me. He doesn't have diabetes. Gla- He's in Oregon. We got to we yeah. got to get me to Glasgow. Uh, we got to get me to. Hey kids. New Zealand. Okay, like, yeah. Move to Oregon, not Iowa. Yeah, that's right. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you won't see Fritz or Anna St. Louis living in Iowa anytime soon. <laughs> Uh, you could come stay with me, Tilly. You need a play. You need a place to crash. You know, need a place to get a vaccine. Like, could I pretend to be a resident? You could, sure. I haven't gotten kicked out of like you know. There's been like you know, COVID's been really hard on marriages, but like I'm still welcome in my own home. I hope. Well, know? that's good. Yeah. That's so good. like, you know, I, you know, I'll stay the course here. You know. Okay. Good. Not to mention the uh, great camper and Beethoven song. Um. <laughs> What was it called? That uh, who knows? Um, well, you know, you said I did a number theme on the show. Yep. Yeah. Episode so one fifty four. Episode one fifty four of the Three Songs podcast. Let's say it together. One, one two, five, three. Episode one fifty four of the Three Songs podcast. <laughs> you need to get your. You get, come on, if you're going to be in a recording studio, you got to get your rhythm down, Mike. Uh, it's, I'm I'm not in a recording studio. I'm sitting at my dining room table. With a cheap That's mixer. a recording studio. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a lot of, I guarantee you, like, you know, a lot of music we played on the show have been, has been made on worse equipment than yours. <laughs> Probably. I wouldn't doubt it. Um, that doesn't mean I'm no. in a recording studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we can make a record there. Yeah, sure. You, we need one competent musician. Yeah. There's about 80 within, like, a half mile of where you live. Oh, yeah, um, at least. Third record. Yeah, one of the greatest bands of all time. Absolutely, Wire. Yep. And if I was making a mixtape of twenty Wire songs, right? Yep. One of them would be off their third album. Yes. And I do love Chairs Missing, their second album. Yes. And of course, like Pink there Flag. Are a few albums more essential than Pink Flag. Right. Um, it was interesting how it worked with them because Pink Flag is definitely a punk record. Mm-hmm. Although it does have like, you know, elements of pop, and then like, it's like the chairs missing's melody. They just like they kind of like, even though they came out within the span of like two years, right? Cause right. One 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 five four. Their third their third record came out in seventy nine. They were just gradually like toning it down. So maybe they were sort of like divorcing themselves from that late seventies punk things they want they wanted to sort of separate themselves i'm not going to think for them right but anyways this this is classic rock to me okay and um i said harvest records which was a branch of emi right um you play it i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna tell my my wire take but yeah yeah, you you got plenty of wire takes this is graham lewis he did the words and colin newman did the music this is map reference 41 degrees north, 93 degrees west. You called it map ref? Yeah. Is that what the, that what the hip wire fans that's, call that's it? What the, that's what the wire wire fans call it. They just call it map ref. Cool. Yeah, map ref. Map ref off 154 in episode 154 of the Three Songs Pod. Class. <laughs> Yeah, 
catchy song uh and that chorus which he you know grant uh colin newman so kind of sardonically says chorus right as their yeah yeah i love that part me too uh but it's so catchy it's like he's undermining just how in amazing and catchy that song is and that that could have been such a huge new wave hit but um yeah no i mean like mogwai's number one i think that actually made it to 39 on the uk chart yeah well i mean but it should have been number one right because i mean if you think about what was out and probably what was ahead of it that has so much more impact and so much more legs to it than a no, lot of the stuff great, at the time. The, 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 and, and here's my take on Wire, and especially the first three records. Um, there are very few bands. I think Meat Puppets are possibly one of them. Very few Ooh, bands. That's a tough argument, mate. Very few that. bands I can think of who have three, their first three records were all incredibly amazing and all sounded completely different. From the prior one, right, um, right, like well, I mean, you could tell it was the same band. You could yeah, tell it was yeah. the same band, sure, but like they had, you could tell. And chairs missing is maybe the transitional record, and arguably, and I would say, uh, it, it, 
if you catch me in the right mood, I would say it's my favorite of the three. Um, but each one of them, it would be okay if someone said, you know, my favorite is 154, or my favorite is Chairs Missing, or my favorite is Pink Flag. And you couldn't argue with any of them because all of them are so good in and of themselves and on their own merit. Um, but they also sound like a band that was actively progressing and actively trying to make themselves sound different and not standing still on their laurels and completely exploring what the sound they wanted to make was. Um, And that's why I say the Meat Puppets, because I mean, I think the Meat Puppets first three records were exactly like that as well. Um, Right. And there are very few... Yeah. Yeah, very few bands I can think of like that. But um so thank you. I'm glad you played that. I want to play something. Well, hold on real quick. Now I've got some trivia questions attached to that. Okay. Map reference 41 degrees north. Yes. 90 93 degrees west. Yes. There's obviously no significance to that. Because the longitude latitude of that. You know what the, where that is? I don't. 86 miles from here in Centerville, Iowa. <laughs> yeah, that's where it is. Yeah. So if you ever want to, like, you know, if you ever meet, like, some hardcore Wire fan, and you want to, like, twist twist them with a serious trivia question. Yeah, map reference 41 degrees north, 93 degrees west is Centerville, Iowa. I didn't know that. That's great. That's great. Yeah, which I think is, I mean, like, Maybe they wrote that on tour or something. Maybe they were on tour in Center. No, no, I no? think it's just like I think they're probably more likely have thrown thrown a dart at the globe and yeah, it probably hit like south you know some part of Iowa and like you know, who knows? I mean like I mean I don't think Wire's ever been to Centerville. <laughs> or Des Moines for that matter. Or Des Moines, um, no. Um might have driven through, you know, they might have driven through because they've definitely toured the US many times. For sure. For sure. Uh, let's do a little bit of a wire feature. I want to, um, y- you played that from 154. I'm going to play something kind of contemporary to that song. It was not. Actually, because it's episode 154. It, right, exactly. Episode yeah. 154, you played a song from 154. Um, but this is. Born, I played a song called 288. <laughs> That's what right. What do you got? Uh, you should have saved that for episode 288, which would have been in like three or four years, but. That's fine. We can revisit it at that point. Um, I want to play... We still have stickers. We still have stickers. (laughs) I want to play the B-side of the R Swimmer 7-inch, which was recorded in 1979. was recorded, I think, right after uh, 154 was released. And this is a song. It's the B-side of that single. It's on the special edition of 154. So it kind of counts. No, the same era. The, yeah, for sure. The song is... Now, uh, keep in mind, like, 154 was recorded in London at a studio called Advision, which I know amongst the many things, famous things recorded there is The Man Who Sold the World by David Bowie. Oh, I did not know that. Um, yeah, 60s studio. Interesting. In the, Fitz, the, Fitzrovia. This song is called Midnight Bonhoeff Cafe. Uh, as I mentioned, it's the B-side yeah. of Our Swimmer, the 7-inch that was released. Yeah, great. Our Swimmer's a beautiful song. Anyway. Yeah, it was released in 1981. Um, it was recorded in 79. 
the same time as 154. So here you go.
you know, such a great song. And that's a song it I never had the R Swimmer seven inch. So I didn't hear that until probably thirty years after I first heard one five four. And first Whoa. heard Yeah. So um like imagine that song, which I think is such an amazing song, was was not even good enough or not even considered as part of uh, what should be released on the regular records. It was just kind of buried on a B-side and tacked on as a bonus track. Um, I, I, I think that's kind of a testament to the quality that Wire was producing at the time in the late 70s. Just yeah, I mean, like, well, you know, back to your point that you made between the two songs of a band that made three, their first three albums were quite a bit different from each other, and they felt that challenge to, and they went to the studio to be different every time. One, one, first of all, I don't know about the relationship of Gang of Four and Wire. Yeah. Um, they started around the same time, Gang of Four and Leeds, of course, from Wire in London. I never really heard, like, I don't know, I'm sure somebody could write in and tell me, like, how those bands got along or if they ever played together. I never really knew that. I know I love both bands, but, like, you could make the argument that the first three Gang of Four records, Entertainment, Solid Gold, Songs of the Free, that were released, I think Entertainment definitely came out in 79, Solid Gold, maybe a year after, and Songs of the Free in 82, that those albums are quite a bit different from each other in the same sort of way. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Um, I would, and maybe I need to revisit the ones... And all three albums are great. All three Gang of Four albums are great. Yeah. Just like... Just just like Pink Flag Chairs Missing in 154. I think I need to revisit the later Gang of Four records... Because not even the later ones, just the first three. Well, I mean, by later I mean the ones that came after Entertainment, um, right? Because well, Solid Gold songs, the three are amazing. Uh, well, yeah, and and you might be right. I'm sure you are, but like I, I remember after I heard Entertainment thirty some odd years ago, probably thirty years ago. I was what does so, you might be right? I'm sure you are me. <laughs> what that means is what that means is here's what here's what it means. Listen to me. Listen to it's me. It's like a mixture of skepticism and like you're you're right. Well, what it means is is me taking myself down because when I first heard entertainment and I was so completely blown away by it. And I wanted more like entertainment. Pink flag, like Pink Flag. Right, like Pink Flag. I wanted more entertainment. Right. And I heard... You didn't get that. You didn't get that. That's right. I heard the other Gang of Four records that came after You just preferred Chairs Missing in 154 to Solid Gold Songs of the Freeze, what you're saying. Uh, yeah, but here's the thing. is I haven't revisited them lately. And I think in my early dismissal... Well, maybe we'll do that on the next podcast. I think we should. In my early dismissal of them... Because naturally, Wire slightly came first. Yes. Yeah. So, so that's your homework is sell me on my what... homework. Keep in mind, keep in mind that like their chart positions of the records are incredibly similar. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of interesting. Um, 
sell me on those uh, other Gang of Four records because Although, I Wire was way more successful. I um, unfairly dismissed them. I think I was I was really wanting another entertainment, and I didn't get it, and so I closed myself off. Which is why I say, you may be right, um, because or I may be crazy, or you may be crazy. Um, but I I want to <laughs> let's go back to wire. I want to end the let's show. Let's go from the best to the worst. I want to end the show. Yeah, no, no, thanks. Um, I want to end the show with something <laughs> current from Wire. You know, they put out an album in 2020 called Mind Hive. Um, and, you know, I, it, God, far be it for me to say whether it's as good as their first three records, because, I mean, we're talking about three of the greatest albums ever recorded in music. So, uh, in your opinion, in my opinion. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people that would agree with me. There's a lot of people. Um, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And now, yeah. So I, I don't know if I'd quite go that far, but on its own merits, this record mind hive is, is really, really quite good. And just shows that, you know, 40 plus years after one, five, four, um, they're still making incredibly good records. So I want to play a song off that record called uh, "Off the Beach." Is the song? I think and, it's self-released too, isn't it? Some yeah, and it's it's kind of similar to Map Ref in that it's like it's it's a super beautiful, catchy song, um, but still feels very, very wire esque. So uh, I hope you'll like it. It's um, yeah, from Mind Dive, "Off the Beach."
There you go. Short. Two minutes, 23 seconds. You there, Bob? Oh, yeah. I I, I unmuted and muted myself. Um, <laughs> I'll name it. Are you still there? I am, yeah. Yeah. I'll name another band first three records that are completely different. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, like, I listen to that album and, like, I, 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 I couldn't. I don't love it. Okay, so that's beside me. You, you, you didn't. That song's nice. You didn't love that. You, you, not. Did I just, I just think whatever. It's just not to me. It's like not up to their standard or whatever. Okay, but like, that's fair. Who cares? You know, like that's. I think when you listen to bands like that, your expectations are so heightened when you open the package that you know, like you were talking about. With Gang of Four Entertainment, you want more of that. Like, you know, sure. Um, just like a lot of bands, like they listen to that made a huge impact on you when you were young. Like, when something new comes out, whatever, like you said, 40 years later plus, um, you just have such high expectations that it's really unfair to the band. Um, right. But, yeah. the, but the feelies, I mean, crazy rhythms, the good earth and only life. Yes. 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 Which is. 80, 80 mm-hmm. 86 88 mm-hmm. so there was a huge gap between crazy rhythms and the good earth right um and keep in mind like the feelies were nowhere near as big as wire or gang of four in terms of making money right. i mean you know they were always but i mean they're you know a big band i mean i would so but i mean yeah you, no you're right the and crazy rhythms and the good earth are so drastically different. Completely, and they're both beautiful, essential records. And yep. you could argue that only life, you know, sounds more like the good earth and crazy rhythms. But like, just another example of, you know, yeah. I don't know. No, it's just, no you're, you're, this is an interesting, a very strong point you made. <laughs> Will's comparing um, Wire and Meat Puppets, you know, also two great bands. I will, um, I will allow it. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Uh, I think there's like a really conscious effort that most, and keep in mind, like in, in the case of Wire and Gang of Four, those albums were made, those first two records were made in like, you know, three to four year period. So there wasn't a lot of spacing. Right. Um, right. I will say this from being in pavement, um, that our first record, Santa Enchanted, and then our second one, Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain, Wowie Zowie, which were, released between 92 and 95 there was a very conscious effort and it could have been from like you know touring a lot or whatever but like to make the records like different from the ones that came before because you didn't want to like fall into this trap of like having a definitive sound sure yeah and like when you've when you have like hundreds of influences, um, then you can sort of tap into those, you I know, get that. Yeah. but you don't want to be like, you know, but I mean, I think like, you know, even in our case, there's certainly in our case, there's songs that, that sound like songs on the previous records or other people's records or like whatever, you know, like, so yeah. but there is an effort. There's always this fear that bands have. They like, make a huge impact on their debut and then they fear like you know, which is a famous thing in music like the dreaded sophomore slump like you've heightened expectations you've like got a some sort of 
base of people that are interested that are definitely going to buy the second record and you don't want to disappoint them. That's true. Um, so it's like, it's like, do you want to give them more of the same or like, do you want to try to like show a different side of yourselves or whatever? I mean, like, well, I, I think in, in terms of pavement, I think a lot of your fans and the early fans had kind of an appetite for that exploration and you know i mean for example a song like mellow jazz docent is so completely different from well that's before any album that's before any albums came out well yeah but i mean it's you know on the ep right so it's it's that's the ep i think that really got a lot of people's attention that's yeah, when i first forever. yeah perfect sound forever is when i first heard of pavement um and, you know, a song like that is completely different from a song like Range Life. And we're only talking, what, like two years between the two? No, no, four or five. Four or five? Okay. Really? Yeah. That but long? I mean, like, I think that, like, you know, Melodized Dosen, you know, could have been on Slater Enchanted. Sure. Sure. That's true. Um, so, and then, of course, like in our particular case, there's a major transition from Gary Young to Steve West between the first two records. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. that's true. You know, Wire and Gang of Four did not have. Oh, no, I think Gang of Four had some pretty significant personnel changes. Yes. Sarah Lee, Sarah Lee. Base. Yep. Yeah. So, who knows? That's an interesting argument, but I'm sure we bored the hell out of everybody's listening to the show. <laughs> but I enjoyed the, the Wire songs. Me too. Uh, and I enjoyed yeah. I enjoyed all the songs tonight. I, I had fun, uh, yeah. and I hope. But I'm not going to get in my car right now and drive to Centerville, Iowa. Don't. Yeah. Please yeah. don't. Don't uh, for a thousand reasons. Yeah. Don't for literally one thousand reasons. Anyways, pleasure speaking with you. You too. Uh, thank you. Listen to the tunage. Listen to the tunage. And thank yeah. you everyone for listening. Um, be well. We love you all. I love you, Bob. Yeah. Yeah, I love you too, man. Take care of yourself. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's do this again real soon. All right, buddy. All right. Good night.